Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a new year and a new episode of Thunderdome Metal Reviews. I am Tracy Newport. And I am Ben Lindsay, and I'm still the same old asshole. New year, same asshole. A little bit younger, new asshole, right? <laughs> well, if, a little bit older, but... Benjamin Button disease is going around. <laughs> like I wish. <laughs> Ah, wonderful times. Funderbar. This week, we are coming at you with a discussion of the 2005 release of Arch Enemy Doomsday Machine. Yes, our first foray into melodic death metal, and I think, anyway. I don't think we've listened to anything. Yeah, we haven't done any a modern month or anything, so this is our first foray into melodic death metal. Yeah, um, this is their sixth studio album on Century Media, the third with Angela Gossel on vocals. It was released on July 26th of 2005, um, and the lineup for this album was Angela Gossel on vocals, Michael Amet on guitars, Christopher Amet also on guitars, Charlie D'Angelo on bass, and uh, Daniel Erdlenson on drums. They've gone through, what, three lead singers? I think only two, but it might be three. I think they're under the third one now, then. Because it's not Angela Gossett doing the vocals anymore. Has she, has she left the band? Yeah, a couple albums ago, I believe. Hmm. Which I can kind of see. I don't really see the vocal work for this band being something one can easily do for a long period of time without extraneous force training or exercising. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Uh, fry vocals if you don't know what you're doing, it can be very, very hard on your vocal cords. Uh, yeah, yeah, I see that uh, Alyssa White Gluss is the current vocalist, and she joined back in 2014. So shows how much I've kept up with them, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I guess we'll talk about this album. I was going to say, I feel like this album might have been their peak in their writing and their style, and I'd say mm, critical reception and, and number of fans. <laughs> so in every way measurable. <laughs> every way measurable, this is their peak. They have not achieved it since then. Um, maybe. I, well, I remember when this album came out, my senior, the start of my senior year in high school, MTV2 is where you actually got all your music things at and everything. And these guys were fucking everywhere then. I remember them being around the whole up, and it was actually before that. So, um... I remember them being lumped in with In Flames and, oh, the Shadows Band. Fuck. Shadows Fall? Yeah, Shadows Fall. Well, then that's kind of interesting because, at least for me, like I can see In Flames and Shadows Fall being lumped together. But Mm -hmm. of those three, I feel like Arch Enemies, the odd man out, just stylistically, sound-wise, vocal-wise, like they don't really line up and mesh real well together in my head comparatively. Right. And you did see... Right around this time, though, the massive, I guess you could say, like a new, like the New England rebirth of metalcore in that sense. And where you have All That Remains, Shadows Fall, Heel Switch Engage, uh, God Forbid, and like those bands started getting the groundswell really around this time period. Well, I mean, In Flames is also in that melodic death metal, at least in their earlier stuff, which is when I, the, I, this will be talking about. So like around Jester's Race. Uh, well, actually, later than that. Um, yeah, I think. Uh, so, uh, Clayman, cool. you know, Colony through Reroute to Remain, stuff like that. Um, and 
maybe it's because they're both Swedish bands or from Sweden, and that's why I have the association in my head. Um, they could have been on a lot of the festivals that were around in that time, but I remember in the early 2000s and seeing those bands mentioned together a lot. Yeah, I'll agree with that. And also, like, Arch Enemy's first couple albums really, in, in Flames' earliest albums, they all had a very more melodic death metal style. And Flames kind of grew out of that and pulled in some more prog elements and clean singing in their middle to later albums have kind of stuck with that ever since. While Arch Minimies kind of have treaded in the same grooves that they started up in and have stayed there. I don't mean that in a bad way, but right. that's kind of like they've got their lanes and they've they stick with them. And they're, well, in Flames went left, they went right. Sure, yeah. I mean, they didn't evolve in the same ways. Yeah. And you can make an argument that Arch Enemy stayed truer to their original sound. Although I know I've heard them with their original singer, I just don't remember them. So we might have to do one of those albums at some point. Okay. We can put it in a pile. We'll get to it eventually. <laughs> yeah, totally. But um, it was around the first album with Angela that I really started paying attention to them. Okay. So it's just, uh, I, th- I think you're the one that put the album on the list. What were some of the, the big things you took away from it? Um, some of the things that I really liked about this is I've always loved the Amit Brothers guitars, the way that they play together. The um, it is it is not the same thing as a new wave of British heavy metal twin guitar attack or thrash metal twin guitar attack, but I really like it. So the musicianship of the band really stands out. I thought Angela has probably, and I don't know now because I don't pay as much attention to it as I was in the late 90s and early 2000s, how many female vocalists are doing fry vocals almost exclusively. But I loved her vocal style. I thought she had a really good fry vocal sound, that death metal growl. Um, I really liked it. Um, I would say that the girl from... Oh, gosh. Ginger? No. Oh. My Ruin is better. Uh, but Teria B, I, I think that she's better, but uh, I think Angela is really, really good. Um, so, you know, and that was when I first heard of the band. This was having a female front for your band was still kind of a new thing. And so I just really always liked Arch Enemy, even though I will admit that I hadn't heard this album a whole lot, even though at this time I was still very much into listening to music at a more voracious pace than I am now. So it kind of is an album that slipped through the cracks. So I wanted to go back and revisit it for the first time. Well, for me, uh, my first introduction to Arch Enemy is actually the song Nemesis. It was on the MTV2 Headbangers Ball album, Volume 2, I believe, and it had a couple other songs on it and ended up buying it. And I have never been one able to really get into Arch Enemy. There's just something about it. I just have never been able to really like, it's never latched me on and never has hooked me hook, line, and sinker and be like, okay, I really enjoy these guys. I'm more stickless and I'm going to go expand my horizons and listen to all their stuff. And... I remember one friend was like, dude, just check out their cover of Symphony of the Destruction. It's it's better than the original. No, it's not. Uh, 
And so, like, Nemesis was my first introduction, and there were moments when I'd hear other songs by them, and I'm like, okay. And I'd enjoy it, and then I feel like, for me, my biggest thing with Archimede has been the vocals. It's just something about the way they do their vocals compared to the other Fry and Growlers. Like, it just hasn't sit with me. I think it's just such a more higher-pitched growl, fry, scream, however you want to call it, comparatively to the music, that it's it's different for me. Okay. And I just, I don't know why it particularly hasn't been that way. I just have not been able to ever really been drawn into them. And so this was my first experience sitting down, well, second experience. They released an album this year that I listened to, but it was nothing of cover. So it was none of their original work. It had like 12 different punk songs on it, and the album was like 48 minutes, and 12 of them were punk. So it had like 26 album songs on it. <laughs> but like this is my first time really sitting down and listening to Arch Enemy from start to finish out an album of theirs from start to finish and going through it. And while I will agree they have some of the best instrumentation, some of the best some of the best drumming, guitars, it's still like the vocals are still an issue for me. And I I don't really know why. I've tried to think about it. It's just it's just different. Interesting. And, like, I can't put it exactly the reason why. I mean, like, to put it in perfect example, I personally hate, and it causes almost a physical reaction when I hear somebody's teeth scrape across silverware when they're eating, like a fork or something, you hear their teeth scrape. Right. Or when you hear, like, a knife and a fork scrape together, like, it causes a physical reaction. And, like, just thinking about it makes me, like, my tense up and, like, and shiver kind of deal. And I don't know why. I can't explain why. But and I kind of have I don't want to say like a physical reaction to Arch Enemy, but I can't really put an explanation onto why the vocals never have really just kind of set right with me for Arch Enemy, and that's including their new lead singer as well. Okay, I was about to ask that. And I think it may be just the high pitch Fry in the sense, and it could be. See, I don't think her Fry is that high pitched, honestly. Like it. I mean, Angela's anyway. I mean, I don't know about the new girl. But. And, like, I don't know why. It just is. Okay. okay. I'm just trying to put that thought. But, I mean, they have fantastic guitars, drums, bass, and it's just, I get to the vocals, and it's like, uh. uh. But as for this album as a whole, outside of my dislike for the vocal style, I really enjoyed their instrumentation work. And I think probably one of the best openers for a song is My Apocalypse and the guitar yeah. intro to that. And so, like, it's trying to think of a way to put words into it as to describe it, but I can't really... It's not quite the meh that I felt like I did with Typo Negative. And, like, it took me forever to really get into a Warner Moth. It took several listens to them. Norma Jean is still hit or miss a lot with me. And that some songs I can listen to, some songs I'm like, okay, I'm just going to skip. And so I think it may also be part of just, like, that melodic death metal template mm. of a sort. And I'm like, I'm not a super big fan of the early in flame stuff. I mean, that could be it. This might just not be your jam. And I will say that um, I don't think that this entire album is great or anything, but I think there are some really good tracks on it. Um, you know, being a, a fan of the instrumentation and, and really putting over um, everybody's work as musicians. Um, especially Charlie D'Angelo, because we know I have a, a soft spot in my heart for bassists. I really like the bass work on this album. 
but the the two instrumentals I thought worked very well here. Um, Enter the Machine. Um, it is always a, a gamble, I think, to open your album with an instrumental, and this does very well. I, I really love that instrumental, and then also Hybrids of Steel. Uh, then otherwise, I do think that the album, it's not something that you have to listen to as a full piece. You know, often, you know, I have been very at the forefront in this, in our podcast history of banging the drum that you need to listen to this as a whole album. I don't get that sense with this. This feels more like a collection of songs than it does a piece that you have to listen to all the way through. I would definitely agree with you on that one. And as for your intro part there instrumental, like even I feel like it it wasn't a bad idea to open with that intro because or instrumental because it's not uncommon to have the first track of an album be a little bit on a shorter link, but also be some kind of interlude to bring into the album or like an introduction that doesn't necessarily have lyrics on it. Now you have like we talked about a couple weeks ago with Halford where you have his resurrection is used as the opening statement saying i'm fucking back and here you have something kind of just like pulling you in and kind of like warming you up almost as a sense yeah i mean you know and whenever i think of it and and honestly i'd have to go back and look at the album because i don't know if it if this actually opened the album or not but i always think of judas priest and whatever it is in electric eye i can't believe i forgot the hellion opened screaming yes thank you Okay, so it did. So yeah, the Hellion and Electric Eye. Um, that works so, so well that I always subconsciously, because normally if you are listening to terrestrial radio and you hear Electric Eye, they will play the Hellion first. Mm-hmm. So it, it's kind of become the coda to that song. And it's similar to like, what is it, the Boston song where you always have the interlude before it that's played with? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You never get one or the other or we will rock you with we are the champions sometimes those are played separately because those are two different songs but yeah they are often lumped together too um and whereas i don't think that enter the machine and taking back my soul or hillian electric eye level simpatico i think they're pretty good together yeah and i feel like there's the album is edited in such a way that there's not much of a change. And so you don't have the natural separation between the two as you would with several intro first track and second track. And I think it may be, they probably did a good job of setting it up like that in the sense. Yeah. But I also think part of it for me in my nemesis is a solid album song on this album, but I don't think it would be like, it would not be my lead single that I would like, you need to check this album out and give it to them and have them listen to Nemesis as to draw them into the album. And that was the lead in into Arch Enemy for a lot of people. Maybe so. Like I said, I, I was familiar with them a little bit earlier um, than that, but that could be the, the single from that, this album. Well, as I said earlier, this album kind of slipped through uh, my notice. So I can't say that Nemesis was you know, mm-hmm. not my introduction to the band. So I can't really comment on that. Okay. What were some of the things you didn't like about the album? I, I guess the, the thing that I would say that I, and there's nothing really that sticks out that I'm like, oh, this is a bad part of the album. It's just... I don't think the tracks differentiate themselves enough for me to to really, for lack of a better term, care. You know, and it's not that I think this is a bad album by any stretch of the imagination. I don't think, in kind of jumping ahead to songs that I didn't like, there's not really any songs that I didn't like 
either, but there were only a few songs that stood out, and the rest of them just kind of feel like background noise. I'll agree with you on that. Outside of my dislike for the vocals, whatever reason that may be, I do feel agree with you that on this album, you have a couple of tracks that really stand out. And the rest of these, that if you're listening to it from start to finish, that if you're not paying attention to them, I've heard it several times, you wouldn't know a difference between Carry the Cross or Hybrid Steel. Yeah. And or maybe besides the lyrical content, since one of them has none in it. Yeah, but one of the in the middle. But I mean, I think that's fair. I think that I mean there are probably some people that were very pissing off right now who are really big fans of this band and and you know have much more attachment to these songs. To me, in my fandom, this is, and it's not just this band. But by the time that I got, you know, had been listening to metal real hardcore for about 15 years it would get to the point where it was like okay and not just metal all albums um i think i've told you the story i don't know if i've told it on the podcast that my one buddy and i when we'd get an album we'd listen to the first 30 seconds of each track the first time through the album and wouldn't even listen to the full song but it was like i've heard this before i've heard this before you know and not necessarily even heard that song just this song catch me and it got to the point where if a album had three songs on it that stood out that I really liked, then I considered it a good album. And so this is where this kind of falls for me and that this is something that it's like, it's not that anything is bad. It's just that there are only a few tracks that really stand out to me on this album. Yeah, and I'll kind of agree with you. I haven't quite taken that approach for a colleague yet, but I'm, I don't want to say I'll get to that, but I'll... I'll at least give every album I'm listening to now a couple tracks to really kind of hook me. If not, just like, all right, let's check one in the middle. Nothing here and kind of move on. Because, I mean, if track one and track through track four sounds oddly close enough similar and none of it blows my pants off and it's a nine track album and then track seven sounds oddly similar. I don't see it being a album that's going to be it's going on the album to your chart. Exactly. And so I've kind of have started filtering some of them out through that method. And I feel like with this album, there's a couple tracks on it that really pulled you out. And, uh, you know, one thing that stuck with me is listening to Carry the Cross seemed oddly familiar to Devil Driver to me. And I don't know if, Clyde, if you would consider these guys... Yeah, I think you would be safe considering Devil Driver and Arch Enemy as contemporaries in the same lines of music. But, like, for me, Devil Driver, I feel like, have enough differentiation in their songs, at least in their around this time period and what they were writing up until, like, their fourth album, that you really never felt like the same track was playing back-to-back, and you could tell a difference in them. On this one, I don't really know if I could tell you there's a difference between I Am Legend or Mocked Kampf. Um, there are certain flourishes that the the band plays puts in with the instrumentation that make them different. But yeah, I, I couldn't tell you that either. I mean, either one of them, if you played me 15 seconds at the beginning of either, I don't know that I could tell you what they were. Um, and it's not just music. And I'm not, you know, that was actually one of the things when you told me about your process for Cloaca Metal that I thought you were insane because of the fact that you, well, I give everything at least two listens. Sometimes I'll go back and listen three or four times. I mean, <laughs> even at my height, I'm a, and I'm this way with books too, which is one of the things that's made getting uh, an advanced degree kind of a pain in the ass because you, you don't really have the flexibility to do this, is that I am not somebody who goes back and rereads books and I don't usually go back and listen to albums a whole lot either. Now, of course I do that more with music than I do with, um, 
books, but I'm a, you know, with a book, I'll read a chapter, and if it hasn't hooked me, I'm not going to finish reading the fucking thing. Um, I'll, when I listen to music, I'll listen to the album, and unless it really grips me, or there are tracks that really stand out, I'm not going to go back and listen to the thing, because I've heard it. And that is... And I like Archie to me, I think, more than you, because I actually do like Angela's voice, and I like her singing style. But a lot of this album falls into that, where... This is an album that I pull tracks out of for playlists, but I doubt that I will ever go back and listen to the entire album again. And I will agree with you on that. And I think we've been kind of having an ongoing discussion, or at least I've been telling you that I'm probably going to change up my method for next year because it does get a little ridiculous. But I will say there have been a couple times, like I hear an album first, it didn't really settle with me. And it's like, eh, second time through, it's like, okay. It fits better. I like it better this time. This is actually worth more than my original listen through gave. And I want to give every album at least a solid shake. But I don't think I'm going to go through and listen from track one to track ten all the way through. And be like, where would I actually put this? And because ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> right. And the only Some thing people been, do, but you're not one of them. The only thing that's been my saving ass this year and it is I can listen to music at work. Yeah. That's the only thing that saved me. And if I didn't, I'd be screwed. I'd still be in March. Totally, totally. I mean, if, if like this was like legitimately my job was to listen to music, I might do that more. But I probably wouldn't because I'd be listening to even more music than I do now. Yeah. And so I, mean, I would be expected to listen to more albums at a time. Anyway. Yeah. And so I think, well, not bad. And I know a lot of people claim Doomsday Machine and one of their other albums is like some of the best albums of 2010 or the 2000s decade. Mm -hmm. But I had to even say, I don't, I'm not absolutely sure on that because I mean, this album, maybe their other one really does do better, but this album is a little, uh, almost comparatively to swear in the sense of like, Mm -hmm. you know what you're getting from them on these songs and you shouldn't really expect anything different outside of that. Yeah, no, I, I would, I would definitely agree with that, that, um, they have, their genre, and I'm sure that they have fans who are as fanatical about them as we collectively are about Slayer. Um, I don't think that this is their best album, but I, again, you know, there's just a lot of, of it there. Not great. Now, there are some songs that I think are great, but as far as the album goes, it's, it's a lot of good. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. So with that said, I think we should talk about the songs that we like, because we've spent a whole lot of time, you know, equivocating about this being a good album that we don't think is great. (laughs) So for me, uh, my favorite track off this album is My Apocalypse by far. And I think part of it is the guitar intro from this really sets it apart from the rest. Nemesis is a distant second for me, and I'd almost say Carry the Cross is a third. And I think outside of that, I couldn't really tell you much more. Um, okay, so I like the one-two punch of Enter the Machine and Taking Back My Soul. I do agree with you that My Apocalypse is by far the best track on the album. But, you know, the, with that said, the first five are, are pretty good. I mean, Enter the Machine, Taking Back My Soul... I just said that I like those. Nemesis, to your point, is really good. My Apocalypse is great. Carry the Cross is pretty good. Um, I Am Legend, Out for Blood. Mm. Not my favorite. Skeleton Dance. Eh. Kampf, I liked. Um, Slaves of Yesterday, I thought was a really good closer. So I enjoyed that. So yeah, I mean, good album uh, yeah, with I... some good songs. By far, the, the if somebody goes, what, uh, what track would you say... It, 
I should listen to to know what Arch Enemy is about, I would say My Apocalypse. Agreed. And I think this is one of those situations and like it's very, very definitely front loaded on the tracks. And so, yeah, you get through the first half of it, you can feel safe and turning it off. I wouldn't say they're quite uh, Guns N' Roses to where <laughs> time to piss a lot of people off. Guns N' Roses, you don't need to listen to anything outside the greatest hits. Wow. That is a mm. bold statement, my friend. At me. I don't care. <laughs> I mean, we, we, the, I think, honestly, not to have the Junius conversation all over again, um, but honestly, the only album of theirs that I would put to, to review for this podcast would be Appetite. That's what I'm saying. Ag Grady's hits. Like, you might get one or two tracks off their other albums worth a damn, but I mean, outside of a handful off Appetite of Destruction, like Guns N' Roses is just... Uh, I feel about... Use your illusions one and two the same way I feel about load and reload. You could take <laughs> both of those albums and make one badass album out of it. I could see that. I mean, road and reload, and here we are, take a side past. But road and reload were pretty much from the same recording session. It's just reload for songs like, hey, it's not good enough for load. And then they went back and were like, well, we can drag these across the finish line and hope for something. And they got three good songs and garbage on the rest of reload. Yeah, but. With that said, to, to pull it back to Arch Enemy so that, you know, the, the Swedes don't storm our doors. Um, <laughs> I don't I don't think that that is the case with this album. Uh, Led by Sabaton. That... <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I mean, that that's actually a good throwaway comment because the Sabaton album that we did, everything on there was at least catchy. Yeah. And with this, whereas nothing is bad, also... They're just good songs, but they don't have that catchiness to them that the bog standard Sabaton song did from The Great War. Yeah, uh, I'll agree with you on that one. And I like melodic death metal, and this band is considered one of the flag bearers for melodic death metal. And to your point, I think some people consider this album to be one of their better ones. I don't think it's their best album by far, whether it was the, the peak of their popularity. It might have been their peak of their popularity stateside. I can't really say Uh and, and I honestly don't care. Um, I just think that this is a good album that if you are a fan of the band, you're going to like more than either one of us did. And so I guess that would lead us right into grades. And on that note, I will say, do you enjoy what you like? Don't take it through from two asshats to not enjoy what you do. For certain, for certain, but listen to us anyway, assholes. Um, yes. So I'm, I'm going to give this a B minus. I think that there are enough good songs and one great song that, you know, it, it deserves to be in the B range, but it also doesn't pull itself, differentiate itself enough from a horde of other albums and songs to be considered an you know, upper echelon as far as good albums go. It's a good album that if you are a fan of the band, you will like better than what I liked. It. I, I will. Uh, I don't think I can quite give it a B minus but i think it's good for a c plus and that it has a couple of standout tracks that i think really every metalhead should at least have some knowledge of but outside of that for the most part this album i feel like you can just skip over yeah like i don't regret listening to it but it's not it's not something i feel, i don't i'm not coming back to this album just to put yeah. it out there yeah totally i i don't think i'll listen to the, the entire album again i i will again pull this tracks off of it specifically my apocalypse but yeah i i will not spend a 
49 minutes listening to the entire album again. I agree. And with that, I guess uh, the review of Doomsday Machine has broken down. Um, what are we doing next time, my man? Next time, we are traveling back stateside, and we are looking at a, sadly, band that will no longer tour again outside of some offspring of a Philosomo uh, and Rex doing something because two main partners in the band have now sadly departed in the Abbott Brothers. We are looking at the the 1994 release of Far Beyond Driven by Pantera. I am very much looking forward to that. I am looking forward to that too. We will have another special guest returning for us on this album. Guest. Yeah. Say it ain't so. Oh no. I wonder who it could be. <laughs> I mean, I know who it is, so that's that's not really fair. Yeah. But, but I mean and hopefully we will do this album justice. Oh, I think we will. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for joining us today and listening to us discuss Arch Enemy. Uh, hopefully we didn't turn any of you into Arch Enemies, I guess. You can find Tracy at Cloaca Metal on the Twitters, and you can find me at Ben Dangerously or search the hashtag Get Dangerous. And that is all I have to say for now. Keep your horns in the air and metal marching on. on. Thank you. And have a good start to your year. Enjoy yourself. Yeah, today. yeah. Happy uh, 2020. Uh, hopefully the year is all flappers and no prohibition. Agreed. Latest. Later. Later.